0: Good evening, Patriots, and it's Friday, August 5th in the year 2022, and that's on the West Coast and on the East Coast. You are now into Saturday, and I hope you have a great Saturday, but we'll get to that near the end. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're doing everything you can to protect your wealth. These are difficult times, difficult times to keep your hard-earned wealth protected from this horrible financial situation, and the folks at Birch Gold are there to help. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know it's never good when your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS B A R D S to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. Well, Patriots, there's been obviously a... I think we have to, let me start again. I think we have to really step back and take a look at a lot of what has been going on in our world. And as we do that, we get a reality check, I think would be maybe even a gut punch, because there's a lot of desire for us to want to find that hopium moment and really embrace chained a transformation and there's there is a sense in the air right now that things have changed a bit but the problem is when we focus and fixate ourselves on politics and we fixate our, fixate ourselves on the headlines and we try to put things in order nothing right now makes much sense let me give you a couple examples We're living within a country right now with a leadership that we know is corrupt, hideously so. I'd say we're almost like looking at the heart of Satan. We have an administration that has given protection to groomers and pedophiles. It has amplified the courage of the LGBTQ movement further, which many pedophiles exist within its ranks. They're doing everything they can to continue to purge the country of God. And there's just, they're essentially redefining about every single thing that we can possibly imagine. Listen to this from Glenn Beck. Under Biden alone, the left has tried to redefine women, fetus, domestic terrorist, insurrection, voter suppression, illegal alien, anti-police, and now recession. What a strategy. When you lose an argument, just change the dictionary. That was Glenn Beck. And I agree. I mean, this is where we are right now, and that's in this time of confusion. And the one thing that the whole heart of the Satanist movement is is to completely turn things on its head. That's going to demand of us to look at this fight in a different lens and this time is a different lens, and our purpose is a different lens. So much of this point, up to this point, I think people have been looking at when this war is over, and I would argue that we need to take a step back from that and look at the responsibility that we have been given, meaning that our duties never end. Our service is to the Lord, and we are literally watchers now within the world. If you, I like to use the, the parallel When I say things like that to the rangers in in the Lord of the Rings, because Aragorn was a ranger. He was a watcher on the edge of the Shire. And as a watcher, he was there to not only observe and to see what evil was doing, but he was also there to protect the Shire, even though they never had any idea that he was there. But that was his role, to make sure that evil never got in. That's part of our role. And we're not to the point of being able to be comfortable. But we have to start taking a very active place in our communities. And that takes on many forms. It takes on the form of prayer. It takes on the form of healing. And that's the one thing that's very interesting is when we go to the true warriors of old, they were spiritually rock solid and they were well-schooled in the arts of healing medicine. And they were equally skilled in the martial arts of warfare. That's really where we have to get back to, and those are a stepping stone each day to have something to work on, to get better at, to build our skills, because that's how we ultimately protect what we have. There's in, the, in these kind of esoteric cultures, there's a lot of push right now to talking about the idea that there's going to be the remaking of the earth. There's going to be a, these two worlds that evolve, and you've heard me discuss it here on this channel. The problem with those ideas at this point in time is it's projecting us out into a hopium world that we have no evidence of. And what we need to be doing is turning inward into what God is putting on our heart to do. And much of that is to be prepared for this next phase, in my opinion, and that is to really be prepared to embody and embolden that walk with Christ as we should. Philippians 4, 12 to 13. I know how to get along with little. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, but of having abundance, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's in summation of everything that we face ahead, which means it never ends. And I think when we can dislodge the idea of an ending to a war, rather than looking at for when it is going to end, that's a weak, a weakness and a vulnerability that the enemy will definitely exploit. Instead, as we walk with that strength in our heart of Christ, understanding that we can do all things through him who strengthens me, and appreciating the fact that we are now Stepping into the role of watchers, that's a role that we never step down from. It's a role that's perpetual and forever. And it's there that I think that we need to rest ourselves or put ourselves so that we truly understand that the challenges ahead are immense. I want to play a couple things for you here to kind of put in context. We talked about this in the previous show about the fake star. Here's the media trying to back out of their reporting, which they knew from the beginning was a lie.
1: Tonight, a prominent French scientist is apologizing after tweeting a photo he claimed was the image of a distant star taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. Thousands of people viewed the image, but it turns out it was actually a close-up photo of a slice of chorizo sausage. He said it was supposed to be a joke.
0: See, the problem is that Everything that they do, we they try to make it seem as though these are independent acts, when in fact they're not. And one of the challenges that we're going to have to confront is a different type of reality that we've been living in. And it kind of looks like this. There's God's children, and we're out here. And around us has been put this wrapper. That wrapper is modern society. And the people that define that rapper are the voices that we look to. Those are musicians. Those are Hollywood stars. Those are scientists. Those are teachers. Those are lawyers, politicians, bankers, Wall Street types, astronauts. I could go on the list. And those are the images of what we see as society. And so their whole role is to play out a role. They've already been selected from birth. They're not they don't magically get into the NBA most of them that become big stars in the NBA were determined by birth in fact arguably we'll probably discover and this is speculative at this point but I don't think we're too far from it that most of the people that you're going to learn about that were in Hollywood or that were that are in professional sports or in polit- in politics are designer babies, meaning that they were by At incubation, they were genetically designed to have certain traits to meet the needs of what this ruling class and ruling elite has. And we don't still have a face on who the true real ruling class is. And therefore, it's easy for them to put in characters that are more sympathetic for us to distract us to go one way or another. And that that becomes an idolatry. And as we get obsessed into the idolatries, then we start to follow the path of a man or a woman rather than staying true to our relationship with Jesus. It really brings up a lot of what's in Ephesians 5, beginning at 6. See that no one deceives you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, do not participate in the useless deeds and of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is, it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. By all things, But all things become visible when they are exposed by light, and for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. As I read these passages now, and I've read these passages many times, like most of us have, they take on new visceral meaning. When you hear things like, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. I don't know what you used to think about that, but I know that today we can put tangible things like sacrifice of children, abortion, the abuse and rape of children. We can start seeing the visceral issues that they have actually been part of and do on a regular basis. When we talk about no one, see that no one deceives you with empty words. That's a political class of constantly spinning, spinning things. As I've said many times here, and I'm going to be pushing it a lot more, when people tell you something, give you a quick buzzword, a title, ask for them to define it, demand a definition. So whether it's the Green New Deal or whether it's America First or MAGA or Make America Great, whatever, what does that look like? What are the details of that? Because otherwise they're just empty words that are used to deceive and to pull people off course. Our only mission here really is should always be that center point with Christ in our walk. And that doesn't say to disengage and not vote, vote. But when we put our heart into the rally or our heart into a candidate, we're missing what our real mission is here. because if you're walking with Christ, you can see the ups and downs of politics, and I expect there will be some really unsettling things that we will see in the coming couple of years. But that doesn't rock us, because that's not our mission. That's the world in which we are walking in, but we are not of this world. And that's what's so important just to grasp is that's that walk of the Ranger, the one that is observing, seeing what evil's doing spreading the gospel, sharing the love in Christ, and being that protector, the protector of the innocent, the protector that has, of those that have no voice. If we don't step into that role, we're falling short of what needs to happen here because otherwise all we do is we're passively sitting on the side and evil is running over everything. It becomes what I've called many times the pew marshmallow. And we don't have room for that. This is a very active and real time. And there are things that are happening and changing around us. And evil is on the move. And we as humanity have enormous numbers of crises facing us. Let's just go to the vote for a minute and understand the complexities of fixing the vote. Now, I don't know. I've not heard of this guy. And interestingly, he's running for governor, apparently, in Arizona. But what catches my attention is he's the first candidate, after I've been saying there isn't one, there's the first candidate that I've heard that's willing to call out the truth of what's really going on in the elections. And when you hear this, again, it just reinforces the point of how complex this game is to try to keep the illusion going that the elections work and to keep people distracted. And always ask the question, distracted from what?
1: have a mountain of evidence that the 2020 election was rigged. How is it possible that someone could be caught on camera stuffing 20 ballots into a ballot box and the courts won't even look at it? They say it's because they don't have standing. And what does that mean? And why not? I'll tell you why. The reason is the people rigging the election have a thing called diplomatic immunity. And diplomatic immunity means that you can never be prosecuted no matter what you do you could literally shoot someone in the head right in front of a cop and if you have diplomatic immunity there's nothing anyone can do to stop you crazy right so here's how the election was stolen the CIA puppeteers governments all around the world so when they wanted to have a war in Ukraine and Donald Trump would not let them They sent diplomats to rig the election and install someone who they know is making lots of money off the corrupt Ukrainian government. Many top Republicans know this, and I'm the only one brave enough to say it. That's why you should vote for me, Scott Neely, for governor, because I'm the only one brave enough to stand up to the CIA and call them out for rigging the election.
0: There's a lot of truth in what he just said. And I bring this up because, like so many things are happening in this election piece, you have one group of people looking just at the mules and the data rigging, and then the things are about the data rigging or the machines. But at the backbone to all of this is an international connection. And it's a war that's been waged on our sovereign soil against us by the agencies of our government that are not elected. That should bother everybody. These are the agencies in the shadows that appoint their own people, that hire their own people on taxpayer dollars. And so, again, when we start to get ourselves wrapped around the focus of the iconic view of of the election or the candidate, we're falling into the trap of an idolatry, and with idolatries, we will ultimately fall. There's something very profound here in this time is that as we are stepping closer to God, we're going to be having to confront our own inequities. We're going to have to confront our own idol- idolatries. We're going to have to confront those things that are effectively sin. And it's not that we're being punished. It's because we're being refined and as we're refined, We have to start moving more deeply into the mission that we're put here for. Our mission is to bring back as many into Christ. We're walking and sharing the gospel of Christ. We're disciples, and we are also rangers of a sort. And this is a very important principle, I think, when we start to embrace it that detaches us from the craziness that's going on because it's so easy to get wrapped up in the ebbs and flows. Consider this of what, this is Elon Musk it's an in, a recent interview but what he speaks of is very true here. Consider the magnitude of what he's saying because we all, we know that as a solution to this people can't fix this. Only God can.
2: What do you think's the biggest threat to mankind right now? I'd say the biggest threat right now Is population collapse the super low birth rate? Really? Yeah. Over like nuclear war, national. Don't we have an overpopulation problem? No, we have an underpopulation problem. Really? Yeah. Why? Why do you? So so this is the most commonly misunderstood situation. Yeah, they definitely push that we have Mm an overpopulation. Yeah. Why is that? No, no. I don't know. It's just like I think it's like this is a holdover from like I don't know the 70s or something, you know? So there was a huge um, baby boom. Like where pe- people did have a ton of kids after World War II, but then the U.S. Has, has actually been at, the birth rate in the U.S. has been below replacement rate since like 71 or 72. In
3: well, the U.S., like how years, about how 50 about years, the U.S. has been
2: below, below replacement rate.
3: I know U.S., but how about
2: other countries? Um, well, like China's got a huge population collapse problem. Really? Yeah. China, China, you actually get penalized if you have more than one oh, kid. No, right are you, you being serious? No, I no, no. No, like cut that. Off. Off. No, the, see, this is like so part of it is just like we're, we're operating on things that were true in the past but are no longer true. So China did have a one child policy, but um, like about 10 years ago, that, ago, they changed it to a two child policy. And then a few years ago, they changed it to a three child policy. Mm. And birth rate kept plummeting the whole time.
0: And it plummets in part because people have become accustomed to selecting the sex that they want. People that are getting born aren't, aren't having kids because the cost of living's too high. The list goes on. The number of problems that we face in our world is immense. We face a moral bankruptcy. We face an inability or unwillingness for us to work together to solve problems without political bias. We're unwilling to look at things with common sense. We have a problem of our soils on this globe. We're literally... The commercial agriculture now can't exist unless it has genetically modified seeds and petrochemical inputs, because the soil's dead. It's just simply a container. We have a horrific problem of child sex trafficking. It still consists. It still persists. And drugs. Both of those are a deep reflection of a moral bankrupted, morally bankrupted world, and we have a willingness of people to accept that, to accept all of it and see it as normal. When we each look at the problem, we step back and we see this and we say, wow, it's too much. We can't do this. Or what can I do? Or or how are we going to organize to overcome it? And I think it's at that point that we forget who we are. We forget who we're connected to and we're forgetting our mission. God's army is a perfect army, but it's not like an army that we've been programmed to understand, to see, and to accept as normal. When we talk about an army, we think of tanks, we think of guns, we think of howitzers and and artillery, we think of rocket-propelled grenades and missiles, and we think of infantry and full gear with body armor. But what we don't think is the way God fights. So, I want you just to sit back for a minute and imagine right now that you've been called into the army because we have. And now, this is a different type of a selection process. Because coming into this, you aren't going to take a test that says your ASVAB score qualifies you to take these sorts of jobs. Which job do you want? Rather, this recruiting station is going to ask you some questions. Welcome to the army. Welcome to God's army, the Lord's army. Your service is loved and your service is needed. Your role is to save humanity. You're part of a massive movement to outmaneuver, to overcome, and to decisively destroy an enemy that has infiltrated deeply into the world that God has created. Your mission is simple. Occupy the land and expand the kingdom. Now, let's talk about what you can do in this army. What gifts and talents did God give you? Write those down. Now, where do you feel most drawn to? What's your heart telling you is your greatest passion to fight in this war? Excellent. Glad to see you chose that. Tell me a little bit about that background. Tell me what you do. Is it something that's new? it a new passion? Or is this something that you've been doing your whole life? Neither one is, is wrong. Because God works, as we know, in amazing ways. He opens up the heart at different times in our lives. Is there something that you feel that you didn't write down that you should have, you were afraid to because maybe it wasn't developed enough? Write that down too. Now take a look at that list and let your heart speak to you. Pray on that a bit. Let God talk to you. All right. Now you're starting to get a clear idea of how this army comes together. Now, let's talk about what we can do to get you trained. Training isn't going to be in a normal way that you're used to. You're not going to go to a school. We need you to take some time and to Pray to lean into God, to have him guide you in some directions and wisdom of what you're going to need for these new this new fight and skill that you're developing. You're going to need tools, but those tools are going to be personal. God will guide you on that. Resources, here's what's amazing about this army. We are the most resource rich army ever developed in the universe. Everything you need will be provided. And you ask how? You tell me that where is it? well, we don't keep warehouses and we don't give you a paycheck because that's God's job and all you have to do is let him know what you need and be pure about it and then trust. That's a big word, trust. Because in this army, everything centers around our one commander-in-chief. That would be God, the Lord of hosts. And we also have a banner under which we fly. No, that's not your country's banner. That would be the banner of Jesus because he's our Lord and captain in this fight. So again, as you start to put together what you want to do, what you feel you're compelled to do, now you need to dig deep and again ask God what it is that you need. And when you find out those things and you've discovered what you need, now trust that they will be delivered because every point starts somewhere. See, this is a perfect army. And so that discussion would go on, patriots, in this sort of, dis- in this sort of recruitment because this is about following a passion and a heart. And as each person embraces their full power of their gifts and talents, what you'll discover most powerfully is it's an undefeatable army. There is nothing in this army that, can, that, that Satan can overcome because we come at it from so many different angles and so many unique perspectives. But we don't think in terms of that enough. And as we go along on this path, we literally are in a place of evolving too. We are going to learn more skills. We're going to be drawn to more places and God's going to put on our hearts to do more things. And there's going to be times that God's going to absolutely pour out everything we're supposed to do. And you're going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be a place where you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I can't get all that done. And God knows that. But he trusts you enough to be able to prioritize, to see what he has before you. And now to start pulling apart because sometimes God will just give us little crumbs because we have to learn to trust. And then as we trust, God's going to give you a picture. and You're going to be like, wow, how do I do that? And that's the point. Prioritize. Trust in him. Let him guide you. He's showing you a bit of how big this can be. This type of army that God has is a perfect army. Because in this army, it isn't like there's one group that's better than another. Every piece of this army has to come together to work to be super effective. Everybody's bound by the same connection and trust in the Lord. Everybody is connected through the prayer and worship that we give. And every mission that we do, no matter how seemingly small or big, has an equal impact on the battlefield. The person that's knitting a pair of socks that gets sent to a neighbor comes as strategically important as the person that leads a company of 50 people to manufacture some certain items. See, all of these things interconnect. The Mike Lindells, who are literally running a billion-dollar business, selling pillows, funding a fight, and the woman who, again, was knitting the pair of socks for the neighbor, they're all important to the Lord in equal places because in that station... God has given each the resources they need to make the impact that's necessary. To me, this is the way if we could see this more completely as an army rather than individuals, there's less of a tendency to ever think that we're overrun or overwhelmed. The enemy's weak, but the enemy's loud. The enemy is has little tools and its resources, but it talks a lot. It builds big pictures. It builds big narratives of fear. It wants you to believe that we're going to go to a thermal nuclear war with Russia and China. They want you to believe that the world is over because Russia, China, and now North Korea are teaming up to apparently work in Ukraine. And that should get people panicked and fearful because that's what they want you to believe. Because they want you to start calling out and saying, okay, well, what's our response? Are we going to send a military over to fight? And there's no sense of it whatsoever. We have to get back to the place of sovereignty within our nation, of getting God back at the center. And our real fight isn't about China or North Korea or Russia. I don't... I don't know the motives of those countries because I'm not in a place to see them. But this is what I know. The fight that we're pursuing is that pursuit of God's children to find that way home. And that doesn't have a geographical boundary. And that's what makes this army so incredible is it's everywhere. There's people that feel very much threatened by Russia in Ukraine. I could understand that like they would feel threatened if we were there. And we can talk about the politics of Ukraine, and we can talk about it being the hub of the Khazarian Mafia, and we can talk about it being a money laundering place, and we can shake our head that the amount of equipment that's being shipped over there. But what is so amazing in all of this is in all the conversations on a global level, with perhaps one recent one I heard tonight, There is a void in a reference to Jesus and a void in the reference to God. Now, what's that one exception? It was rather profound, actually. You see, the Hungarian president spoke at CPAC. Very unexpected, by the way. CPAC in Texas. And the Hungarian president, at the end of his speech made a reference to Jesus and how that we're all bound through Jesus. I have tons of respect for that. I have not heard a single leader in our country do that. This is truly a spiritual battle that's calling on all people to come to the line. And in this fight we're in, it's not going to get easier. Just as Christ walked with the cross and the heavy burden he carried, it's going to get more difficult. Because we're moving against a tide, not only of Satan's doings, but a tide of emotions of people that have accepted Satan's path to walk. God can fix this in a flash. But part of all of this, again, is for us to grow. And as we grow and become greater within him, he's seeing and finding in us what he needs. And it's not about escapism. One of my objections to the Revelationist approach to this is it's always about, or the end of times approach to this, it's always about when are we going to be taken away or not? Heaven is here on earth. God will recreate it here. Our role here is to occupy the land, to expand that kingdom, to keep and hold that line until the time that Christ returns. And that may not be in our lifetime. And we constantly our influence or hear around us the noise of, of these sorts of images of, well, we're here on the scale of revelation. We're here on the scale. Christ is coming back. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that over the last couple of years. Do you believe Jesus is really coming back or are you just not? Because you never talk about it. Yeah. But I don't put a clock on it because that's not my job. That's not something that God will reveal anyway. And the more that I try to push that sort of idea, if I did, I'd actually be committing blasphemy. Our role here is before us. We've been given the gifts and talents to use. And as we use those as God guides us, we create an incredible world around us. The government loses control over our minds. And when it loses control over our minds and our worship, we return to God for our center point of all things. What control does Satan have on you when God has control of all things in your life? And what fears are there? The answer is none. We see an openly corrupt and hateful FBI. We've seen it pull its raids intentionally on people that we've, have some respect for. And we then build those mountains of images in our heads. We imagine it happening in our own doors. And we start to get nervous and fearful. We bunker up. We start to ask questions. We start to doubt. That's by design. And again, you're going to have to ask the same question. Is what we are seeing truly real or is it part of one bigger show where people are playing roles Always to keep us distracted from something, and what would that be? We should all be able to answer that. Everything pivots to keeping us away from our focus on Christ to the Father. If that wasn't the case, then you would hear the references to Jesus, you would hear the references to God in every leader's mouth and speech, but they don't do it. And if they wanted you to really focus on the deeper things that made a big difference in our world, like stopping child sex trafficking. And I mean, terminally putting an end to it in a righteous way or freeing people from the burdens of of debt, slavery and rebuilding a system that is truly equitable rather than defending the billionaire class or, talking about building new companies with promises of jobs that aren't even jobs because you're just managing an artificial intelligence. If they really wanted to build a world that was people-centric, they wouldn't be spending billions on artificial intelligence anyway. And they wouldn't be building systems to apparently manage every one of your transactions and monitor it because apparently we're not trustworthy. Only a quantum system and a artificial intelligence can do That for us. You see, the security state is embedded and ingrained in our entire body politic. I don't care who's there. And what isn't ingrained, which was ingrained in the beginning, is the love of God. That's been cast out. We are living in truly the temple where Jesus has to come in and argue with the Pharisees and where God has been cast out to the side and where the way to heaven is accomplished by the donations you give to the temple and the things that you buy. That's our world. And if we're going to walk in that world, we're going to be trapped in that world. But that's, again, that's the world we get swirled up in and this enemy has a wonderful way of getting in our head and making us believe the lies. But that's not God's world. And that's not how God's army fights. We change the turf. We change the game field. We change the tactics to put things into God's control. And it begins with us. It begins with us making a decision that every single thing that we do, every breath that we take, is with him and through him in a deep, intimate relationship. When we get sick, we turn to him first. When we get, when we accomplish something big, we praise him first. When we fall and we fail, we turn to him and ask him where he needs us to be. We detach ourselves from the idea of an up and down punishment system, which is really deeply ingrained in us, and realize that our walk with the Lord is a number of things. It's as it should be where he wants us, but it's also filled with challenges that he knows that we will stumble but it's always the same question. Where do you turn first? And this army, it's truly undefeatable. Because when you have an army like this and you take the talents of the many, you take the bread baker, you take the pastry maker, you take the musician, you take the butcher, you take the mechanic, you take the hunter, You take all of these different skills and talents and you put them together and you create something that an army we've never seen before, but it operates in perfection. It's that sort of perfect dance that no matter where you hit it, there's redundancy in the system, there's resilience in the system, and there's an ability to constantly move forward and break away from an enslavement which they believe that we can't see our way out of. The enemy can't defeat us unless we allow it to. God did not create us to be defeated. He's given us dominion, and we know that in our heart. If we listen, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. And he's given us amazing powers, amazing authority, I should say, to do the things necessary to build the bridges and heal the land. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. That's not about me or you. That's about our relationship through Father and what Father will do through us. And Jesus has said those things because he's our bridge. And when we walk like that, there's nothing before us that can bring us down. There's nothing before us that can derail us. There's nothing before us that can create fear and anxiety. But there is such joy and glory in this world that nothing can stop that sort of light and resonance that affects so many around. Imagine this. We obsess about the idea of a thermonuclear war. We do it a lot, especially lately. And if you listen to people that are deep in the matrix, they're truly concerned about it. But here's what's interesting. The one thing about a thermonuclear war is a massive flash, a flash of light that will shock everybody when it comes. And then it's the storm that follows. Recalibrate the image. When we walk with Christ, we are that storm. We are that flash of light in people's eyes. We are that massive movement of change. And it's not fear, it's joy. And it's not me or you, it's Christ. If we are truly going to embrace what God gave us to win this fight, then embrace the greatness of what he's provided us to do. And in so doing, watch the enemy collapse. It doesn't happen on the normal battlefields. It's happening within the hearts and minds of the many, and it's happening one person at a time. And there's always going to be a bit of a remnant, and there's always going to be, if you will, politely said, a mass of sheep. But it's a direction of where we all walk, trying to get back to the place that God intended us to be, in the near perfection that he created us in originally so that we can be near him in the throne. These are the, the times in which we have to choose. We have to decide if we're going to walk in the mire and muckery of the, of the politics and the noise and confusion of the deception or whether we're going to choose that path of purity and clarity that God provides. It's kind of like walking down the middle of a crowd. You're going to get stuff thrown at you once in a while. You're going to have people jeering at you. But they're all stepping aside for some reason. They're letting you walk that lane. There's again the question why because they know, because they see, because they feel, because they want to be part of it too. And that's where we don't walk with arrogance, but we extend a hand of grace and welcome as many over as we can. And in so doing, we build the impossible bridges and we heal the land. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight just humbled and blessed for the opportunity to build this fellowship, to reflect deeply on the greater mission you put before us. And it's not a mission that's easy, because there is a pure evil in this world, and there comes a point when the pure evil must be confronted without compromise and without negotiation. But in the middle of all of that, there's an amazing path for us to walk, for us to bring the light into the world, for us to inspire others to seek Jesus and to be part of that process of bringing them home. We pray for clarity. We pray for these eyes to see. We pray for the strength in this time to be truly that warrior in Christ. Guide us in these times, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to win this thing, but it's not our timing. It's God's. And the challenges that we face are immense, yet they're nothing for the Lord. So when we see impossible obstacles or we try to tell ourselves that, it's because we're looking at it through the eyes of us, me, you, rather than realizing that this army that God has brought up is massive. It is everywhere. It's exactly where he needs it to be. And each of us needs to listen closely to the missions he needs for us to do. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night. Have a very blessed Saturday. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
4: All this time we had to prove
3: that we could stand here too. All the night's been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose. Something See that every broken You are a safe place to hide from the rain.